Welcome back to an all-new episode of Hebrew Hits. Right now, it is exactly 6.16 in the morning. I woke up about 20 minutes ago, and I knew that if I don't record this now, I never will. So what happened to me out in LA, and why have I not been putting out podcasts? You're listening to Hebrew Hits. I'm your host, Malia, and I'm so excited that you're tuning in to this show because that means that you want to succeed in life and you do not want to fail. Many of us go through such difficult challenges in life, and it's up to us not to fall victim to them. It's up to us to rise above it and to succeed. I sit down with people who have gone through real big struggles and show that they overcame them and are super successful today. It's what you do, it's what you have that makes a difference. Hebrew Hits is presented by TMC. Getting off the plane in California, I had no idea what lied ahead of me. I arrived Sunday and I was leaving Thursday in such a short amount of time. Such craziness could happen. Now when this happened, I said, I'm not creating a podcast about this. I'm not creating content about this. But when I woke up this morning, I realized that I really do want to move fully past this and I'm going to pick myself up and just going to continue rocking. But in order for me to do so, I have to put out a show, let you hear the lessons that I've learned, and then I could feel that something positive came out of this and then I could fully move on. I realized that because I'm going to fast forward a bit, but when I came back from LA, I started trying to listen to anything that could give me clarity about what happened. And so I listened to my Israel episode. And my Israel episode also taught me that whatever you go through, there's lessons to be learned. So let's dive deep into my story. I flew out to LA on a Sunday. And I was already on with my siblings. My parents were already there. We get to LA. Um, The first thing I did off the plane was go to visit the cemetery where my grandfather's buried and we went to visit a bunch of other family members there who sadly passed away. That was very nice. It was like, wow, such a great start to the trip is visiting these people, you know, and saying to Helen by their grave. Then we get to my grandmother's house and I'm not going to get into it, but um, just different things happen. doesn't really matter. But then the next day was when it happened. It was on July 4th. So I decided that I am going to be going to Fish Grill. I was like, I want to go to Fish Grill. And it's my first day here in LA. So I went to Fish Grill and I was by myself, but we're not going to get into why. Um, and I ordered the fish tacos, which are my favorite. Oh my gosh. I love them. And I was sitting there eating, you know, enjoying And I said, okay, so now it's time to go to Santa Monica. We're going to do some some shopping, maybe go to the beach. And so I took an Uber. And um, in the Uber, I had a business call, which went very well. But wherever I go, like, I'm I'm on calls a lot because I just, I love speaking to, like, a lot of people. And I'm constantly trying to connect. So that's what I was doing in the Uber. And then I started shopping I was enjoying my day. I was filming a lot of content. Like I went into a Lids baseball cap store and I was like, oh my gosh, this is my favorite store. I love baseball caps. And I was really enjoying myself. I created content with random people on the street, 
talking about their music or things that they do. It was great. It was really, really, really a fun day. And then um, I hear my family wants to pick me up and go golfing. So I was like, okay, sure, let's go. So I get into the car and I have some bags with me and we go to play golf. Now, if you know LA, you know it's not a safe place to go to at all. It's not a safe place. I don't recommend going there. Um, But one thing that I thought was safe was this parking lot in um, this golf place where we went. And so I left the car and I took my phone with me because I take my phone wherever I go. And I specifically left my expensive glasses in the car with a bunch of other things, my bags I went shopping with and my expensive handbag with with money and a lot of stuff because I thought I'm going golfing for an hour. I'll come back and, you know, my stuff will be there. On the way into the golf place, I realized, oh my gosh, you have your phone with you. That means that if if you have your phone, you're going to be getting business calls and you're going to be speaking with people. And so I said, you know what? I want to be fully in with the family right now just for this hour or hour and a half. I am going to put my phone back in the car. And so as I go back to the car, I tell my mom, you have your phone on you? Great. I'm going to leave mine in the car. And I put it into my bag. Um, And it was really just for the reason of me not taking pictures and not taking videos and not creating content because I create content anywhere I go. You know, it's just something that I do. And that's what I've That's what I did in the little bit of uh, time that I was in LA. And so I go into the golf course and there's this creepy man looking at me in the parking lot and I I knew something was off with him. Every time I think about it, believe me, this hurts to even think about, but every time I I like see him in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh. I tell my mom, I said, oh, there's this weird guy that's just staring at me. He was probably like 65 or 60, pretty old, like on the older side, tall, white guy. And he was just looking at me very, very, very funny. Um, I should have noticed then something was off. Anyways, the guy follows us onto the golf course. And he's still staring at us the whole time. He's just staring at us. And I'm like, what is this guy doing? Like, why is he staring at me? And I was really creeped out. But then when we finished our swings um, and we went to the next hole, we were playing nine holes, the guy just left. Now... Something in me said, Molly, go back to the car. But I was like, eh, I have like, no, like for some reason, I think I wanted to take pictures. But I said, oh, I have my mom's phone. It's fine. But I don't know. Something in me said, go back to the car, but I didn't. And then after golfing, like I thought it was weird that the guy just left before he even finished. But we continued on. Now, me and my mom went back to the car when the boys were putting the golf clubs back and I see my my mom says the window smashed and I was like I, I thought for a second like she was joking and I come there's glass everywhere my bag is stolen my stuff is stolen and um I literally like freaked out I didn't know what to do. I, I I was like, oh my gosh, like how could I be so dumb? I left my things in the car, but I thought it was safe. Where you know, like what what's 
oh my gosh. So I ran back to the guy who was working at the golf club. And I said to him, you got to call the cops right now. My brothers were laughing. They're like, haha, what, you're joking, right? I'm like, no, I'm serious. So the guy calls the cops. The cop says, let her file your report online. I said, no, 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 no. I'm from New York. You're, you're calling those cops back. So I called the cops back. And I was like, you got to send someone down. What do you, like someone smashed my window, stole my stuff. You don't understand that. So I kept speaking to them. And they're like, no, file a report online, da, da, da. I said, no, somebody is coming down. So after back and forth, I said, you got to send someone. They said, fine, someone's coming. After 20-something minutes of waiting, which I'm not used to in New York, they come within a few minutes, I called them back. I said, you're going to call the cops back. So I used this guy's phone. And I said, I said, you guys are leaving me alone here. I have a car smashed. I'm from New York. You have to come right now. So like, oh, you're the girl. We already know we're on our way. Anyways, after finally calling again a third time, a few cop cars I see, one of them pulls in, takes a report. Great. He tells me, when you locate your phone, because I could do, you know, find my phone. When you locate the location of your phone, call us back and we're going to send guys down and we're going to get your stuff. I was like, yes. So I went on a mission for the next 24 hours, but really 12 hours, because by the morning I had the location. It was complicated. Um, it's not an iPhone, it was a Galaxy, so it wasn't as simple as um, an iPhone. But I spent the next 12 hours calling Samsung, calling T-Mobile, trying to locate my phone. Finally, with the help of one of my brothers in New York, he was able to, from my laptop, um, locate my phone. So I call the cops. I'm all excited. I'm like, yes. Oh my gosh, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to locate my phone. They're going to pick it up and it's all going to be behind me. I'm going to have all my stuff back within 24 hours. Not exactly what happened. I called the cops and they're like, uh, Hey ma'am, that doesn't really work here. We don't really go down and pick up a phone. I said, it's not just my phone. There's a lot of stuff that I have in that bag and it's an expensive bag and expensive glasses and my money and credit cards. No, ma'am, we don't, we don't do that. Anyways, one of my uncles had a friend, has a friend who's an officer, and he sent him down to my grandmother's house. He said, you know what? I'm going to go by foot now and go look for it. He couldn't find it. Within the next 12 hours, which makes it full 24 hours, I had enough information that the officers could have got this guy within 24 hours, but they didn't. And to this day, it's August 12th, I'm still in touch with the officers this happened on July 4th, and they're still not doing what they're supposed to be doing. They could have called the guy a long, long time ago. I called every single business on the block of this golf club. I got video surveillance of the guy smashing my car, taking my stuff, and sadly, um, I could pretty much identify that it was the guy who was standing in the parking lot looking at me creepily. I also have footage from an auto zone in LA that when we asked for the July 4th, 2022 video, video footage, they, for some reason, sent video footage from December 8th, 2021. Now you ask yourself, who's lying here? Did the detective ever go down to AutoZone and try to get the footage? 
Or did AutoZone really mess up so big? Because how do you mess up December 8th, 2021 with July 4th, 2022? I mean, it doesn't add up. So my theories are that the police department um, is not actually doing anything and they are just, you know, trying to delay me. But I keep messaging them. I'm not going to let them off the hook that easy. (laughs) So the rest of my trip was me trying to gather information and be an investigator. One of the officers said, you're the victim here. You're not supposed to be doing all this work. I said, well, the LAPD is not. So that's where I come in. And I found so much information. When I say that the cops could have had this guy identified within 24 hours, they could have had this guy identified within 24 hours. As the trip continued, I just wanted to go home. But I realized I had no identification to get onto the airplane. And as, yes, I did have a police report. It wasn't that simple. I went to the airport and they pulled me aside and they asked me a ton of questions. It didn't look like I was going to get on for some reason. Um, But I was like, I got to get on this plane. I told the lady, I'm like, I got to get on this plane. And she was in touch with some other people on the phone while asking me questions. Finally, like, I think boarding already started and finally (laughs) they let me through. But like she, it was very interesting. She brought me through security and I was like, what is going on here? Like, they're like watching me like a hawk. So it was a very, very interesting experience. I have never flown without identification before. So that was my first time. And she told me, she's like, don't leave the airport until you get home. Do not leave the airport. I was like, I'm not leaving the airport. We're going straight home. So once I got home, I still was trying to get as much information as I can. And I think by that time, I was also just really, really hoping that the police will get back all my stuff. But I also fell into this like really sad place because I couldn't understand why I lost my stuff when I had so so much content. And what I'm trying to put out in the world is positivity. I'm trying to put out in the world hope for people. And showing that, you know, no matter what you went through, you're not going to fall victim to it. And I kept saying, like, this is what I stand for. You can't fall victim to this thing that happened in L.A. But I just I I couldn't I, I couldn't get myself to either get a new phone or create content. Believe me, I tried for the first two weeks after the robbery. I actually did not want anyone taking my picture. I did not want to be on any videos. I did not want to create any content because I felt that if. My phone was stolen with such good content on there, positive content, content that could like make you happy and lift you up and motivate you. If that was stolen, I don't want to take any more videos. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here. And this also goes back to Israel, because when I was in Israel, I set up a bunch of interviews that I wanted to do. I wanted to create so much content for you guys. And I was sick, basically the whole entire trip. And it was a mess. It was really, 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 really challenging. So I flew out to LA. I flew out to Israel. And the content in LA was lost. And Israel, I was sick. I couldn't record. So I said, what am I meant to do? So for the next five weeks, from July 4th, well, until now, it's more than that, I kept thinking, what am I supposed to be doing? I listened to a ton of Gedalia Fenster. And... It was interesting because I listened to his July 4th episode and his July 4th episode gave me a lot of insight into just 
what happened. He actually was talking about a robbery in that episode. And I was like, oh my gosh, like what? So I, I, I spent the next month to five weeks just really trying to gain lessons and understand why this happened. Before we get into the lessons, I got to say that I have to thank Hashem so much for not being physically harmed. If I would have left holding my stuff and I would have brought it to the golf club, who knows, God forbid, what the guy would have done. So all I can really say is, Baruch Hashem. So one big lesson for me, which I'm going to be very vulnerable and share, is that I was doing an experiment from June to July. I didn't tell anybody about this experiment, but I was just doing it, right? I went to an event and I met this guy that was huge on Instagram and he was saying, hey, you have to post certain types of content if you want to grow, right? So you have to make your life look amazing and fake and all that, which I'm a very real person. And on LinkedIn, I'm very, very real with my audience. And that is why I felt like I have to put this out for you guys because for myself, I don't know, I didn't really want to share this story. I was like, maybe I'll just keep it in. But I realized that there could be so much gain if I put it out there. And I will say that right now I have no social media besides for LinkedIn. It's the only thing that was untouched in the robbery and I'll explain. I did this experiment from June to July. I said, okay, I was told by different producers from distribution channels that if you want to be big and like have your show picked up on Netflix or HBO or Discovery Channel, you have to be big everywhere. That's YouTube, that's LinkedIn, that's Instagram, that's Facebook, it's Twitter, it's everywhere. Not just LinkedIn. And I said, fine, I'm going to try out Instagram. I hate Instagram with a passion. I just, it's toxic for me. I'm being very honest here. It's toxic. I don't feel good when I go on Instagram. I don't like it. It's not the platform for me. I like to be real with my audience on LinkedIn. And I, I have a community there. And I love the people on LinkedIn. Instagram, it's not my type of crowd there. But I said, you know what? I'm going to do this experiment. And I got so excited. I got so involved. I started taking pictures of really, really expensive food. And I started taking videos of expensive glasses and highlighting that, you know, like, oh, wow, you're successful and you're achieving your dreams and all that being very, very, very fake. And I think I was getting a little bit too involved with it, but people started liking the content. Obviously, it's different than what I generally post, but I, I hated it inside. But I said, if I want to be picked up, I got to be big everywhere, you know. And then the robbery happened, and it was so interesting because on July 4th, there was suspicious activity on my Facebook account, and my Facebook logged me out, took away my content, and basically shut down my account. Now, Facebook and Instagram are connected, so Instagram and Facebook are done, just like that, snap of the fingers. And right when I saw this, right, it's a suspicious activity, who knows, maybe the robber was selling all my stuff on the marketplace um, under my name and it was suspicious because I've never done that before. When I saw this, I was like, oh my gosh, like what is happening? And then that was right away and I was getting so, so, so nervous. But once I took a step back and I was like, okay, we're looking for the lessons here, which was about a week and a half after I came back from LA, I realized that it would have been too hard for me to pull myself out of Facebook and Instagram. And here Hashem pulled me out of it. I did nothing. 
mean, I got my stuff stolen, which is not fun. But I'm off of those platforms, and I'm not going to go back. I really, really hope that I have the strength not to go back. But do you understand that Hashem took me out of a situation that I didn't want to be in? I kept saying, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I don't want to be on these social medias. And Hashem took me out. And I fully believe that if I stick to LinkedIn and I stick to uploading on YouTube, this episode is not going to be on YouTube because I am not uploading it there. It's, there's no video. It's just sound. But if I stick to YouTube and I stick to my LinkedIn, I bet I'll be successful because I am sticking to what I really want and I'm not going onto those platforms that I don't want to be at. And I'm being where Hashem lets me go, basically. My other, if Hashem wanted me, wanted me to be on Instagram and to be on Facebook, He would have allowed those to be untouched in the robbery. But the fact that my LinkedIn is untouched, and my YouTube is untouched, says a lot. It literally gave me the chills when I, when I spoke this through with one of my friends, Dasi, if any of you know her, she's amazing. Um, she's the person I, I want to speak to right away because she talks very similar to me. Like we look for signs and reasons why things happen. So that was the first lesson I learned. The next thing I learned has been amazing. I'm a content creator. Wherever I go, I have a phone videoing, videoing, videoing content. It's great content. I love my content. But this past, well, still six weeks, I still don't have a phone. It has been such an interesting experience starting off from pain, so much pain. If you saw the police uh, body cam, you'll understand how much pain I was in. And all the way till now, where I feel a different sense of self, it's amazing. Not having a phone, obviously people say safety reasons you need to have a phone, but not having a phone, not having anybody call me all the time or message me or me not have to worry about like answering messages or WhatsApp videos or Instagram has been so freeing. One of my friends has been amazing. Uh, she came in from a little faraway place because I wasn't really leaving the house. I was stuck in the house for myself. I didn't want to leave. You know, I could have left, but I didn't feel safe to leave. So she came in and she's like, okay, we are going to go on trips and I'm going to take you to your favorite places. So that's what we started doing. I went to my favorite places. I went on hikes. I went to the lighthouse. I went to Manhattan on the Intrepid. I did really, really, really fun things. And she started taking pictures. I said, no, I don't want any pictures of me. Like, I don't want any pictures. And I just, like, experienced life without a phone. I remember when I went on one hike, I, I used my friend's phone to take a video. I said, you know what? I think I'm ready. Let's, let's try to do some content here. And I shut the phone off. I said, I can't do it. There's something that's locked in my brain. I can't create content. And she's like, listen, when you're ready, you're going to create amazing content. You just have to be ready for it. And she was right. So we continue on this hike. And I remember I was just like so free. I didn't have to just like take pictures. I was literally living in the moment. And it was the most freeing experience. It's still free. Like yesterday I went shopping with my sister. I don't have a phone. So guess what? I don't need to hold anything when I'm walking. I gave my sister my credit card. 
and I continued walking on the street with holding nothing and I loved it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's so freeing. I don't have to hold anything. So it's a very, very, very freeing experience, which is a huge lesson that I learned because God willing, when I I have a phone, a new phone, I haven't turned it on because I just, I'm not ready yet to turn it on, but hopefully this, I said this week, I'm turning it on. I said this week, I'm turning it on. So Marissa Shem, I'll turn on my phone soon. But I'm taking this experience with me, meaning that when I go somewhere, I don't have, if I go on a hike, I don't have to take my phone with me. I could leave it in the house. If I go with someone who has a phone, obviously, I'm not just going to go by myself on a hike without a phone. But there are certain things that I learned. It's like, enjoy the experience. You don't need to post everything on WhatsApp. And I really, really, really loved it. The last thing that I'm going to leave you guys with And I really hope that this inspired you. And please let me know because I put this out just for you. I really did not want to put the story out there. But I said, you know what? Let me be vulnerable with my audience. Let me let them hear the lessons that I learned. And hopefully it could inspire you. So if this inspired you even a small, tiny little bit, please message me on LinkedIn at Molly Fivelson and let me know so that I can feel like it was worth putting this episode out for you. Um, because it's not the easiest thing for me to talk about. And now for the biggest lesson of all. When you fall, get back up. It took me a little bit longer than just a day, but here I am, six weeks later, putting out an episode and showing that no matter what you've been through, you can pick yourself up and you can move forward. I could have stayed a victim for a very long time in this mindset of, Why is Hashem doing this to me? What happened here? Where are the signs? I'm very into signs. Like, why did Hashem do this to me? Maybe I'm not supposed to be creating content. But maybe, Malia, you went through this so that you can create even more inspirational content for people and reminding people that the people you interview are not the only people that go through struggles. But I guess Hashem had to show me, Malia, you stand for life. You stand for giving people hope. You stand for... It's what you do with what you have that makes a difference. You stand for someone that interviews people that no matter what you've been through, you pick yourself up. How in the world can you fall? How can you stay in bed all day? How can you be upset and just going back and thinking, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Maybe Hashem had to make this happen to me because this is what I stand for. This is what my show stands for so that I, for myself, could experience this so that I can keep going and really, really understand my, my guests and my, my audience. Everybody here is going through something. You are too. Just because you're not behind the mic does not mean that you're not going through something. And I just want to tell you that it may take time. It took me six weeks. It could take somebody else a day. You know, a lot of people were like, oh, it's just a robbery. Like, get your phone back. Like, why are you not... Why are you not back to yourself already? It's been like a few days. And I realized because it wasn't just that they stole my physical stuff, but it was the whole mental thing. My phone was stolen, my content. And what happened in Israel, right? I couldn't record either. So I was like, maybe Hashem doesn't want me to record. Maybe this is not what I'm meant to be doing. But after learning a lot, I realize that I'm here to inspire you. I'm here to lift you up. And I'm here to give you hope. Live, don't just exist.
Now, what I'm about to say might give you the chills, but something I haven't shared yet in the episode was that in the car, I had all my radio equipment that was untouched. The robber could have stole it all, but he didn't touch it. Every single cord was still in the car. And that shows me, well, your LinkedIn's still here, your YouTube is still here, your mics, your radio equipment. That means that you are doing something good, Malia. And that means you should continue doing that good. I really, really, really hope that this inspired you. And again, if you were inspired, please let me know. I really, really, really um, would appreciate that. It would mean a lot if you let me know how much this inspired you. You can message me on LinkedIn at Malia Feivelson and you can leave a review on my website at HebrewHitsRadio.com. That's HebrewHitsRadio.com. Right now it is 6.56 a.m. on August 12th. We started at 6.16 and now it's 6.56. I am so happy to be back here with you and I just want to let you know I have been recording really, really awesome episodes in silence and I cannot wait to share them all with you. Well, thank you so much for being here. I'm your host, Malia. We'll be back next time. Enjoy. Enjoy.